Today, last, last week we spoke about Emily Cady and denials. Emily Cady, do you know who, you guys know who Emily Cady is? Emily Cady wrote the foundation book for unity way back in the 1800s. She wrote a series of 12 articles that became the first textbook of unity called Lessons in Truth. We probably have it over there. It's, 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 it's an impressive collection. Emily Cady was the first homeopath, female homeopathic physician in the United States. She uh, set up practice in New York City way, way back in the 1800s. Now I, uh, so we're gonna, today we're gonna talk about her, her denials. No, affirmations. Uh, in unity we are taught to pray through denial and affirmation. Deny softly, affirm boldly, because otherwise we just give so much power to what we don't want to experience. But uh, we're going to get into that in a second. I want to give a little more uh, stuff about Emily Cady because I think she's fascinating. Uh, a book in a book by Richard Ingalls, he mentions Dr. Emily Cady as being one of a small class of mental workers who could draw supply to themselves without employing physical means. To quote, he says, Dr. Emily Cady has performed very remarkable cures. It was said of her that she thought no more of healing a cancer than she did of healing a headache and has helped the world through her writings as much as any other metaphysician of her time. Her book, Lessons in Truth, has sold well over a million copies. Uh, but they, there were no talk shows to put her on back then. Uh, Dr. Cady has used the law in healing uh, and her faith was great enough to believe she could make other demonstrations of a more material nature. She showed her implicit faith in the law by demanding and receiving a large sum of money. Okay, well, everybody's going to be trying this trick at home. Right? <laughs> You're going to be in a car on the way home. This. By demanding and receiving a large sum of money, which she needed to reimburse herself for the time and money she had given to suffering humanity. Because when she opened up her practice, she didn't charge. She didn't charge for it in New York. But she found herself like, I don't have any money. And I, there, there was a part of the law she was not employing. She was practicing the giving part. She wasn't practicing the receiving part. A lot, a lot of people do. Uh, she pictured the amount she wanted and then claimed it for her own. And within a short time after, she made her creation. A stranger brought to her what she had demanded. According to her picture and her faith, it was given unto her. Now, I would imagine all of us at some point have received something we didn't know how we were going to get. Has anybody ever experienced any form of abundance that you didn't know how it was going to come through? Yeah, I have. I mean, I've, I've, re I've received surprise income, surprise gifts, that weren't cash, but they equaled what the cash would be. I have uh, I've experienced surprise niceties from people that I didn't expect, kindness that I didn't expect. I have been, I've been given so much by the universe. I hope I have given as well in places where it wasn't expected. Nobody thought Sean would do this, and here I did it uh, because it was mine to do that day, and so to the free flow. But to do it consciously. That's where our ancestors of new thought were coming from. 
that say, oh, there has to be a way to do this intentionally and feel safe and secure to expect a favored or desirable outcome, even though I have no idea through what channel it's going to come from or what the ultimate outcome will look exactly like, but I can still expect a very, very favorable outcome, one that works for all. And what I will know is that it came through what I call God, that it didn't come from a person. It may have come through a person, but it came from what I call God. And what is God but divine ideals? As I said before, presence, power, uh, intelligence. And so to allow that to come from within, rather than begging, rather, oh, please, God, or oh, please be my channel of God, oh, it's, I expect this. Why do I expect it? Because others have experienced it, so I know it's possible. I have experienced it before, so I know it's possible. And the funny part is, a lot of us I know have prayed and we have manifested. And we saw the process we went through, yet it doesn't seem to work every time. What happened? What's the difference between this time and last time? I should, I said all the same incantations this time I, <laughs> that I did last time. These man meant prayers and affirmations. I, I said all, all those things. I thought I felt the same way, but clearly, there's something up that I'm not believing it's possible, that I'm not committed to seeing it the whole way through. I, I have seen, I remember when I had, I, had, I had a big healing in an ankle, which I've told many of you about before, an instantaneous healing from a fall. Now, when I fell a couple of years ago, I did not put the thought and the work into that that I had before. And so I have not had the healing I had before, even though I know that healing is possible. But I, so I, uh, why haven't you, Sean? And I said, because I haven't, because I haven't, but I still know it's possible. I know a healing is always possible if I truly wish to experience it. And that, that can upset some people. Well, then why haven't I had it? I was willing. Well, I'm not gonna say you weren't willing. What I, all I could say is it hasn't happened yet over that. But I know you've had other healings in other ways, friendships, relationships, cash here and there. Well, most of us, we have fuzzy manifestations because we have fuzzy intentions. And it's like, I want to experience love in its greatest form. But then I'll get on the phone and start gossiping about people that are already see the news and I'll start criticizing the earth, you know, people on it. And it's like, well, that's a that's a fuzzy prayer then. So, so to, to think about that. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Florence Scovel Shin. She was, she was one of the first unity ministers in New York. I think she ran the first church. But she, she, she what the, I've gone blank on her book. The Game of Life and How to Play It. Also a fascinating book. Um, and But she wrote that God is the giver and the gift. God is both, the giver and the gift. You know, as opposed, uh, you know, the old prayer, oh, I want this, I want this, oh, please God, please God, please God. Oh, oh, here it is. Never mind, God, I found it. You know, and it's, <laughs> it's like, I just prayed, but no, never mind, it's already here. 
So she, uh, whatever the means or the channel, supply did come forth in response to Dr. Katie's command while she was looking to God only for it. Understand that. I'm looking through for to God, whatever God is, that energy, that spirit, that life within me. That's where I'm looking, or that intelligence within me. That's where I'm looking to manifest. And through that, then it, I have to let it go. I have to let go of what channel it, it, it will come through. Maybe I'll get an idea to build it, who knows. Uh, uh, she stresses the point in Lessons in Truth, where after quoting Psalm Psalm 25, or 62.5, I'm sorry. For God alone, my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from God. So she asks the question, is your expectation from God, or is it from books or teachers or friends or meetings or societies? Her question is justified and has brought many back on the right track in demonstrating supply. One of the most persistent tendencies we have to deal with is that we do not look to God only in making a demonstration of supply. We tend to outline by trying to decide in advance by what means or through what channel our supply will come. In other words, our anxious human self, which is only praying or treating for supply because it cannot see any ways and means of getting supply, does not leave to God ways and means by which the prayer can be answered as it should. Uh, have you ever done this? You, you know, you say, I really want this. And someone to tell you, pray. Pray, affirm, affirm through God that it is possible. And have you then asked the question, but what if it doesn't come through that way? Then what do I do? So, so I'm still thinking I... God, I am the God that has to bring it about. I'm still thinking that I know more than what is. And so we think of ourselves as being God, or at least in competition with God. I think Course in Miracles says that. We think our, we are in competition with God. But it's, what a, it's, there have been things I want, tell me if you identify with this. There have been things I wanted with all my heart, my body, and my soul. I've wanted, I assumed they were mine, I was all ready for them, and they did not happen. And then I found out afterward, oh, thank goodness, thank goodness they did not happen. But I spent so much time invested in wanting it and expecting it that even with the blessing of not receiving, I'm still heartbroken, I'm still disappointed and so angry about certain things. And it's like, oh man, oh man, I, uh, I was begging for what wasn't the best. I was begging for less than the best and upset when I didn't get less than the best. I was upset when I got the best. But once I got the best, now what do I have to look forward to? You know, no. Now, what, what, let me look at my book for what I should want next. <laughs> because it seems, don't we seem like we're always wanting something? What's next to want? What's next to manifest? What's next to prove? What's next? And, and, and uh, I often don't take sufficient time to breathe in between experiences, in between proving God now. I, I sometimes forget 
to breathe because I'm on to the next thing. It's like, just breathe, Sean. Just breathe. Everything I want is in that breath. Now, what, what, I mean, let's, what is it we want? Here's my thought. We want to know we are loved. We want to know we are loved with an everlasting love and cannot not be loved. I mean, God, if God is love itself, how can we not be loved? Nevertheless, I will keep setting that God up to disappoint me. I will set you up. I will set the universe up. I will set myself up to prove I am not loved. Because if I were loved, I would get this. If I were loved, this would be given to me, and it would be given to me easily. And it wasn't, and so I must not be loved. I want to eat all the sugar in the world, and I get it. Now I'm heavy. I must not be loved. I can't drop this weight. I must not be loved. Oh, we're nuts. <laughs> we're just nuts, and we set ourselves up. So moving on here through this, because it's important to know. Uh, one of the most persist persistent tendencies we have to deal with is that we do not look to God only in making a demonstration of supply. We tend to outline by trying to decide in advance by what means or through what channel our supply will come. In other words, our anxious human self, which is only praying or treating for supply because it cannot see any ways and means of getting supply, does not leave to God ways and means by which the prayer could be answered as it should. And what I love is she doesn't treat God as a magician. It's not magic. It's faith in something. It's what, she, what I call source, what I call supply. Uh, I have faith in that, and I have faith that it's on my side, sometimes. What you want is your business, they tell us. How it comes to you is God's business. Let God choose or create its own divinely right channels through which the prayer can be answered. And so, I, David uses this example, and I know he's okay if I use this one today. You're on 96th Street, and you've got to get to 125th Street in New York. Now, we could use a different term, because we're in Norwalk. Let's say we're right here, and we need to get to Westport. And we go out of here, and we go to uh, drive to Westport, and, and all the roads are closed. Every single road is closed to get to Westport. And I said, but I've got to get to Westport. And a, a, a policeman says, go to Darien to get to Westport. What? Go to Darien. But I want to get to Westport. Go to Darien. And you go to Darien. 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 <laughs> and there are helicopters there to take everybody to Westport. <laughs> it seems insane. But that is the only way to get to Westport is through a helicopter from Darien. And there's a shuttle of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. That's very thoughtful. Uh, the system works. The system works, even though it's not a system that I could have imagined or pictured. It, it's it's like in Memorial Day. I was coming from Westport to Norwalk. All the roads seem to be closed because of parades. 
Okay, well, let me go this way. I went here. Nope, still closed off. No signs, but it's still closed off at the end. And finally, I did find one. And I had to go all the way over by 95 to get there. But there was a way. Now, I had a choice. I could complain the entire way. We're never going to get to Norwalk. Every road is closed. Because that stupid parade. <laughs> the parade's against me. Or I could say, which I did, there's got to be a way. They're not going to close. They're not going to close off the entire way south. <laughs> and there was a way. It was. It wasn't the way I expected. It was further than I expected, but it was still a nice drive. And we got. We got there because of willingness to see, to see a way other than the way I had planned. To see other than my habitual way of doing things. And so we had a holiday. <laughs> by going around. And, and, and so to pay attention to that stuff, what you want is your business. See, I wanted to get to Norwalk. How it comes to you is God's business. And I stayed open. G-O-D, good orderly direction. So everybody still got to have their parade. Nobody entered a parade for Sean's convenience <laughs> to get down here. Let God choose or create its own divinely right channels through which your, the prayer can be answered. Now, they say all of this, of course, Emily Cady knew and knew well. She confided in no one, looked to no one, joyously animated by God's revelation of the power of her words. She spoke her words into the intangible universal substance of all good, and the law responded. She proved the law and was supplied. So we're going to talk about her affirmations. You know, we did, you deny what is not real, and you affirm what is. And, and I, uh, I think it's very important to know that my affirmations do not make a thing true. They remind me of what is true. Now, Mark Hicks, who put together a lot of this article, who has the Truth Unity website, he says affirmations are more about decision than they are about declaration. And I liked that a lot. That was a nice awakening for me. Oh, I'm deciding that my good is present now. And now I'm going to affirm it. Or through the affirmation of it, I'm affirming my good is here and present now. Uh, in what he, Mark discovered that in, in the King James Version, the passage, thou shalt decree a thing. But in the NRSV reads, you will decide on a matter. So Emily Cady, I love that Emily Cady said, make no mistake, God is talking to you all of the time. And I say, listen, listen, our God is never looking to abuse us or hurt us or shame us. It's guiding. It's guiding us to our joy. And you see this here? The first thing, your joy is chasing you down the street. Let it catch you. So, the hunger or desire which seems to come as a premonition or a prompting is a divine idea. And the purpose of our mind is not to store divine ideas, but rather to process them. So, so this, this multi-step process. And the first step is recognizing the divine idea. We do so by affirming God is life, love, intelligence, substance, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. 
Now she reminds us we all too often do not see the gift that lies before us. Without recognizing the gift, the divine idea is not moved. She writes that every particle of life, love, intelligence, power, or of real substance in the universe is simply a certain degree, or so to speak, a quantity of God made manifest or visible through a form. Thinking begins with recognition. Second step is receiving the divine idea. We do that by affirming that I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And every moment, God's life, love, wisdom, power flow into and through me. Imagine visualizing that the source that is, the love that is, the power that is, is flowing, touching every part inside and out of your body. So I am a child of God in every moment. So what, what we're saying here is deciding that to acknowledge that I am a child of God. It's not affirming that I am a child of God, trying to create that I am a child of God. What she's saying is she knew we're child, I'm a child of God. Now it's deciding to live in it. If health is a reality, to decide to live in it. If wealth is a reality, to decide to live in it. If harmony is, a, is the reality, then to decide to live in it. Lots of people have had what would seem unbelievable healings as a result of deciding. We already know it's true and possible. Now I'm going to decide to harmonize with it. I am one with God and governed by God's laws. We must be open to receiving the divine idea and be willing to give way to its expression or the law. We do not use divine ideas. Rather, divine ideas use us. Nothing but your own ignorance of how to receive or your willingness can hinder your having unlimited supply. So if I'm not experiencing unlimited supply, it means I'm living in my ignorance of how to do it. She's not calling me an ignorant slob. What is ignorance except I'm blind to the, I'm not yet consciously aware of what it is. Third step, radiating the divine idea. We do that by affirming that I am spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious. Nothing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid. For spirit is, for spirit is God and cannot be hurt or made sick or afraid. So you see that there's a denial there. The affirmation is I am, I am spirit, perfect, holy, harmonious. No thing can hurt me or make me sick or afraid. Finally, it's just, and the point of this is to rest upon the divine idea. We affirm God works in me to will and do whatsoever God wishes me to do. Now, God is not longing for anything. As God is for me, nothing could be against me. So what was God's wish for me? To be happy, joyous, and free. Much so, I, uh, God works in me to will and to do whatsoever God wishes me to do. And God cannot fail. Resting upon the divine idea is trusting. We speak the word. We confidently affirm, but we have nothing to do with the establishing of the words or the bringing it to pass. In Job, it says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. If we decree or affirm unwavering, steadfastly, we hold God by God's own unalterable laws to do the establishing or fulfilling. Thinking is finished 
when she says, We fully commit to the source to do and affirm is done. All of this is for a purpose. All healing that we claim and hold to us is for a purpose. So that we may prove God now. That we may be the messenger through our mind, through our example, through our very presence. That we, in our very being, become the messenger of what is possible. So it's twofold. We get to have the healing and we spread the good word. Just through our example. Not the yapping at people like I'm doing now. But through a... You had a healing. How did you do that? And then you can tell them. So you see, it's not a selfish thing to have a healing. It is an essential part of the spiritual continuation. And so you look into... I want to give a hug to David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave. Oh. Well, you're about to miss out on a good song. Oh, sorry. So it's okay, because I'm just finishing. Thank you. My daughter's here from California. Okay. It barely interrupted. And so, remember, through our healing, we become the messenger. Thank you.